Greetings, everybody. This is DK on the Island Time Radio Show, and we are at Putin Bay this weekend, and I've got the pleasure of once again running into Mr. Putin Bay, musician himself. <laughs> Bob Gatewood is here. Bob. Hey, how's it going, DK? Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. It is a little chilly up here, but we're having a good time this weekend. 60 degrees out, um, and uh, and it would be a, a warmer 60 degrees, but it's a northeast wind today, and that's always cold. Burr cold. I have stopped by Bob's... Uh, is it a kayak business you have here? Well, it's a kayak business, and it's a it's a watercraft business. We have um, kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, jet skis, power boats. If it goes on the water, I'll, I'll rent it to you. Okay. <laughs> I know you've got that going, and you've also got the uh, uh, properties now that you rent on Bay, right? Yes, that is correct. The uh, the guitar hath provided some goodies um, uh, uh, for us so that maybe I don't have to gig quite as often. I mean, I remember back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, I was playing 300 times a year, and now I probably do maybe 70 gigs a year between the band and my solo really? stuff. And it's it's because, I mean, it's uh, these other businesses. I had a crazy year when, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but it, we, I had a crazy year, and I go to get my tax bill for my tax man. And he goes, you got this huge bill, and I'm like, what's going on, dude? I can't afford that. Buy any guitars now. I go, dude, I got a whole house load of guitars. I'm going to buy another house to fit the guitars. So well, I don't care. You, you either got to start spending on business, and the way it works is if you spend uh if you're in business and you spend money on business stuff well then that comes off your taxable income okay so he said well you better go start losing some money or you know investing something so i found this boat rental down here okay. and uh so i started losing money right away and <laughs> and we were very successful at that and um well then within a few years we turned it around and uh the business grew and things have gone well and okay. as a matter of fact these days in my uh uh, now that I'm on the back nine, the uh, the boats make more than my guitars. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I nice. so I said, well, that's pretty cool. So yeah. So luckily, um, that just kept going, and we got some property downtown and a few a handful of other businesses to keep us going. Long answer, huh? Now you, uh, we've established this. You have a house up here. You've for about a decade now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I built the house in 2004, so 15 years now, and we just got. Well, it went like this. The time frame is every 10 years I do something substantial. Um, and let's see, I did, actually, um, so I, I started playing the roundhouse in 86. Wow. I got some land in 96, and I built the house in 06, 05. And then we got our second house in 16, 17. Uh, but basically every 10 years. And then there was a marriage in there, too, uh, and, right. and, you know, to Andrea Lee. That's, that was the best move I ever did. So, yeah, uh, now we have, <clears throat> there's a property downtown. And I'd been missing out on some opportunities, business opportunities, uh, looking for some stuff for the old age, you know, and and uh, because there'd be a business opportunity or a property or this or that, and I'd say, oh yeah, let me go talk to my finance, my bank, and I'll apply for a loan, and psh, it's gone, you know. Yeah. So I got a line of credit um, from the house that I built. We built, I, I had a, some land um, that I got. Uh, in a great way for some good things that I'd done before and karma was just kissing me on kissing me on the cheek so we got the land and um well I started uh, uh started that and and I guess um I'm kind of confused myself what was the question again <laughs> I don't remember I don't either see this is this is now can you imagine why 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 I'm up here on an island and not in the big city uh so anyway so the businesses uh did well for me and then um a couple of years ago I was looking for housing for my jet ski right. employees, and I went and knocked on the door downtown at the Massey House, it was called at the time, and uh, they said, well, Bob Gatewood, we know you, and we love you already, and I'm like, well, okay. why? 
Well, as it turns out, old, an old fellow named Bill Massey used to play up here in the bars in the 50s and 60s. And so shoot ahead about 20, 30 years, and, and we were doing that last boat concert down there. You might, um, I'm really not supposed to publicize it, but occasionally, some years, there is a, a concert uh, Labor Day Monday yes, for yes. the islands. We, we, you know, it's a different location. We don't say where it is, but it's a wave the summer away. Wave the summer away, exactly. Right. Where Ray Ray right. writes smart songs. Right. Um, I'm waiting for him to write the song. Hey, Gate would kiss my butt, but I <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Anyway, so I was down there and Bill Massey was playing this old guy, and he's like 85 years old, and I could see the way his hands were trying to form chords, and he was strumming some stuff, and and uh, but it wasn't really coming out. The music was like his old crippled up hands. You know, he was an old fella. So I, I was the next guy to play, and so I plugged in, and I started backing him up, you know, kind of jazzing it up a little bit. And I like to tell myself that he sort of sat up and looked behind him, and he kind of liked it. But at the end of the gig, we talked, and we started becoming friends. So, you know, he enjoyed my company. I enjoyed his. He had a bunch of old stories. Well, before you know it, he's they took him away and put him in the old people's home in Lakewood, Ohio. And so... One year, I was going to get my guitar fixed because I beat on it constantly, and uh, and I said to my wife, I said, let's go visit Bill in the old people's home. He's been asking us to visit. So we went by, and we took a video camera. We took some video. Um, he was um, he sang some songs, and I'll tell you what, he sang songs that would make Pat Daly blush. This old fella sang some, I mean, filthy, oh, okay. filthy. You think Ray Fogg is filthy rotten yeah, right. or Mad Dog? They got nothing. They're like school kids compared to this guy. I mean, I I was blushing, you know. And uh, so I took a video of it and I and I gave it to his family and and. Um, <laughs> Well, and so then flash ahead 20 years, so I go knocking on the door to find some jet ski house, and they, the people knew me, and they, they yeah. liked me already, yeah. and they said because he talked about me a lot. Like oh. he said, he said, remember when the big band leader came to visit and all really? that stuff, and he how good he thought I was? Wow. And, and he was just a sweet old guy. So they said, look, you know, and they made me an offer I could not refuse. Right. And so, and it was commercial property, and so we got it, and... Uh, you know, and, and we started working on it. I've been working on it ever since, kind of in my off time. And this winter, I had a lot more extra time to work on it. There you go. You know, um, and so now it's um, it is it is a golf golf cart rental business that you can rent a golf cart. Everybody drives golf carts on the streets up here, right. so you can rent a golf cart there at A B. That's like Andrea Andrea Bob or Alpha Bravo. However, com. And then it's also a lodging facility. It's officially a, a mini hotel, and you can book rooms through Airbnb. But check out our website at ablodging.com. So, okay. yeah, we got so we got ablodging.com, abcartrental.com, pibjetski.com, Kelly's Island Kayak Rental.com. If I can rent you, I, if I could rent you an apple, as long as I get the core back, I'd rent it to you. If I could make a nickel of it, you know. So there we go. You have a couple of great albums that we feature on the show. And they're very professional. Uh, the songwriting is fantastic. Yeah. Everything about it. Do you record anything here at Putin Bay, or do you have to go down like Nashville? Or? Well, I haven't um, really. We made a live album at the Roundhouse in 1992 um, that had four songs on it that we recorded there, okay. and um, and it sounded about like you know 22 year old kids. Well, these 22 year old kids. There's yeah. 22 year old kids making this now, but um, back then, you know, it, was, it sounded kind of like a Kenner closing play if you remember from Sears. <laughs> You know, and yeah, so we yeah. we uh, we kept some of those songs and put them on our first album that was in '96 or something. But I called up uh, there was a kid that was in our band um, in the early '90s, uh, Tom Bukovac, um, uh, B U K O V A C. Look it up. Um, he and anyway, he was just so good 
we were all encouraging him to go do something with you. So we loved him in Calabash, but we were like, man, we hate to see you go, but you got to go do something. So he moves down to Nashville, and for the last 20 years, he's just had an amazing career playing on everybody's record. He's what you call a, a session player. Right. Um, right. There's there's ba- there's a band. There's one band that typically there's one band that will go out on the road with the artist, and then one other group of fellas who record the songs. And he's that guy. He's a master session player. So he's yeah. played on everything from Taylor Swift to Shania Twain to okay. Desperate Housewives to to I mean. Uh, just who uh, Blake Shelton? To, I mean, just on and on. Keith Urban, and so anyway, so I called him up and I said, "Hey, Tommy, you know we're gonna make another record." He was on the first record that we had Friends of the Bay with way back when, and I said, "We're gonna make another record." Um, would you please be on it? You know, even though you're not in the Calabash band now, would you yeah. please be on it? He said, "Well, do you wanna do you wanna make it up in Cleveland or do you wanna?" come down here to Nashville and make it right. Okay. <laughs> I said, well, okay. by all means, let's go down to Nashville. There so we go. go down there and he assembled a team of, of real pros, man, as you can imagine. You know, there was there was, uh, uh, Mark T. Jordan, uh, who's, who made, played on so many Van Morrison records, uh, Joe Vitale from Canton, Ohio, who, you know, co-wrote Rocky Mountain Way and Pretty Maids all in a row. Really? And well, yeah, yeah. Well, he was, and he was Joe Walsh's drummer for all through the Barnstormer days and the yeah. solo stuff, you know, average, ordinary guy. As a matter of fact, on that session, and here I go again. If I get lost, bring me back on point. Okay. okay. But I go in, I go into the session, and Joe Vitale's there. And, of course, I know him because I'm a huge Joe Walsh fan. Right. And Joe Vitale is like a legendary drummer. I mean, he'd played with Peter Frampton and, I mean, Rick Derringer he'd, yeah. on their recordings, you know. Yeah, I know the name very well. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So I go in, and, and I go... Joe, you know, God, you're so cool, man. I just want to talk to you. He goes, yeah, yeah, he's the sweetest guy. And I said, that is a really nice drum set. And he goes, yeah, I use this one on Average Ordinary Guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I know that record. That's really cool, man. You're using the same drums? He goes, yeah, yeah. But he goes, that's nothing. This snare drum? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, this is a 19, I think, 47 or 37 Slingerland Radio King. I'm like, What's that mean? He goes, well, that's a really specialized drum. He goes, I lent this to Henley to play Hotel California on. Wow. And I'm like, can I touch it? <laughs> you know? And it did yeah. say it was a great snare drum, but I couldn't. Yeah. couldn't. Uh, and i tell you some more stuff about that guy's snare drum ability. Um, but here I go. I'm getting lost again. But uh, on the next record we did with him, that was the one that got all the airplay. Um, we're doing this song called Magnolia Tree, which is a story about me taking my dad down to Texas to find an right. old, old Magnolia Good Tree. Song. Thank you. Yep. And uh, and he goes down, he sits down at the at the drum set, and he's playing, and he's just he says it's not right, it just doesn't sound. Right. I said, Joe, it sounds great. Are you kidding me? I mean, because he's he's a master of it. And um, anyway, he said, no, it's just the snare drum's not right. I go, well, how about your radio king or radio sling? He goes, yeah, radio king, kid. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Where, where's that? He goes, nah, that's not that wouldn't be right. That's a different sound. And I'm like, well, whatever you say, Joe. You know, whatever you want. He goes, and he starts going around with his drumsticks around the studio hitting things you know yeah. and lo- looking different different sounds on different things. I'm like what the hell is he doing but I, I, I'm not about to question him you know he's Joe Vitale he does what he, he comes he comes around and he's hitting everything glass brass now he's no 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 he's an Italian guy and he's real expressive he's a great guy to hang out with. Okay. and he comes around and he hits his drum throne the padded thing that he sits on and he goes, oh, that's it, that's it. I think that's it. Rick, bring me a bring me a D15 mic or whatever. 
Okay. And he goes, yeah, yeah, D15, yeah, good call, yeah, brings it over, hits it up, and mics it up. Yeah, yeah, give me a little slap with a, some kind of reverb situation. Give me that. Oh, yeah, that's a Tommy. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's it. That's it, great. So he goes and he sets up his drums, gets a different throne, puts yeah. that drum throne where his snare drum goes, and he okay. plays the song. It's not a snare drum at all. It's, it's a drum throne. And so, anyway, he just does magical things like that. And Tommy, who brought all these incredible players, David Santos from the Billy Joel Band, brought all these guys together. He was an equally uh, amazing guy in the recording studio. Um, you know, to explain to the folks out there in, in Island Time Radio, it's like, imagine imagine that the songwriter or the artist is Led Zeppelin and and Led Zeppelin comes into the, to the thing. Now, this is a, a hypothetical story, but yeah. um, a, a pretend story. But say Led Zeppelin came into the to, into the studio and, and Jimmy Page or Robert Plant said, yeah, I got this song. And he starts strumming an E chord on the thing, like kind of like, you know, a, a folk artist would do. Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. And he, he starts singing, you need Kool-Aid. It's called Whole Lot of Love. It's a cool song. Check it out. Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. You need Kool-Aid. Jenga, 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 strumming. Yeah, baby, I and fooling jinga jinga and book is the guy who would go you know that's pretty cool but what if the guitar went and the mountains blow up and he's that guy he comes up with these incredible riffs so i i came up with a lot of myself but there were things on that first record that um that he came up with that were, were just from the mind of minolta and that vitali came up with like i wrote this song called um long gone Right. It was, it, and, it, and it, it, it went. It was like a rockabilly thing, and it was like, I think it might be the time right. to get away. You know, right. da, 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 and Booth thought, oh no. He goes, great song, but that's the first place you would go with a song like that. Why go down that alley? Go, let's go someplace different. I was like, yes, sir. Let's go someplace else. Interesting. So he comes up with this whole other groove. Vitali did of um, this straight 16, uh, that completely different feel. So I mean, I wrote the song. But I wrote it like, you know, Richie Cunningham would have played it. He wrote, you know, he played it like Muddy Waters would have played it. I mean, okay. and it sounded cool. So, yeah, so the, 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 the re I go down there not because I like traveling nine hours. It's just because the, 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 the mates that I've been recording with right. are down there. And that's where the best studios are and so forth. There's killer studios in Ohio and in Cleveland. And, you know, I mean, the Raspberries didn't go to... Nashville, right? I mean, Michael Stanley doesn't need to go to Nashville. It's just me. I'm just, I'm just like that. I, it's my, it's my recording whoopee, if you will. I go down there and I record with those guys, and the product comes out well at the end. So my thinking is, if you can make it even better, why not? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And with, with the right musicians and and top-notch stuff, why not? You know, absolutely. So, so that's where we went down for that record, and it got a lot of. Um, a lot of good press, um, and it helped kids up here to not think that I was just the one-trick Friends of the Bay, one-trick pony. Um, yeah. But it, it got absolutely no airplay. And well, we played it. No, did you? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. we did. Well, we still do, actually. You are such a sweet man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, But then we went back down and made another one, um, and that one got pretty lucky with airplay again. With Be the, good to yourself. Be good to yourself, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, and that one had a number one record in Cleveland, um, and... And that was the one with Magnolia Tree I was telling you about that Joe played on. And there's a lot of cool studio tricks there. And they were trying to, I was, they, they were trying to get my voice to be good, perfect. And I, t I told those guys, dude, it's like that in between every note on the piano is, believe it or not, if you measure it on an oscilloscope, there's a hundred cents, call it, a hundred yeah. cents. They, they divide between every note on the piano, they divide it up a hundred different ways. And 
I was coming up sharp a few cents, which means like higher than the note I'm supposed to sing by a few cents, lower than the note by a few cents. Yeah, and and so I was doing okay, but I mean, honest to God, I was, you know, it took me 10 years just to get over being nervous in the studio with these cats, because, I mean, you know, like one day, Book's in there, we're recording, and uh, it was the second record that we did, and and he goes, man, I got it. This sucks, but I got to leave the studio. For, I got to leave this. And he's having a ball. He loves the freedom of recording with a guy like me because when you have these big time producers and stuff, I mean, he's worked with Mutt Lang and I mean all these yeah. incredible yeah. producers. Um, he said, I got to go do this record. I, 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 and I'm like, oh yeah, really? Which one? He goes, oh, it's this thing. They're putting they're putting Willie and and Lionel together. And I'm like, and and he, he goes, it's just <laughs> strange. I'm like, you mean? Like Willie, Willie, and Lionel, Lionel, like yeah. those guys. Yeah. And I go, 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 do it. Yeah. And I was just happy that I felt like I was part of history there. I, I'm the guy who gave him a break from the studio, so he'd go make right. that. And it just would happen all the time. Trisha Yearwood, just on and on. So, so it's really cool that these guys can help me avoid some of the pitfalls. I won't say that it's all of them. I mean, I'm writing the songs and singing them and playing yeah. guitar and stuff. But, but it's just that they bring things. They know how to tweak the carburetor on the motor just right to where the engine is running you know at full bore and so that's why i go down there but i had some ideas that you know there's some of my friends like wes mccraw up here who um plays with mad dog sometimes yeah. and yeah and phil tout so wes has a great and mike papatonis who used to be a drummer with me um there's guys with great studios up here and there's ideas that i have that are already finished in my head that I kind of want to do, and I and I don't know, going on 60 now, I'm not sure how many more records I have in me. I mean, you know, Bevan, I think he's going to keep making two or three records a year till he's about 90. I don't know how the guy yeah. does it, yeah. but me, I don't I don't have that much to say. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe that from uh, putting this microphone on me now, but I don't have that much to say anymore. So, you know, I'm going to, I, I was thinking that maybe before my, my run is up that I would, uh, you know, go record with Wes or some of the guys up here. I see, okay. You know? So yeah, so that's what we've been doing lately. But right now, I'm not recording anything. I'm just, I'm just uh, being happy that the world is opening back up. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Th- this kind of leads to my. Do take your time with your albums, and when they do finally come out, it's, it's a big treat for us because they're high quality. Every, every song. <laughs> Thank you. No, they really are. And what's, what's like kind of your songwriting approach? You're not a, a Puddin' Bay. Uh, writer like in let's say Pat Daly or Ray Falk, you you tend to go with life uh, stories, but there might be a reference to the yeah. island every so often, just because that's where you're at. Right? Well, um, I had it for that last record we put together, sort of our own little record label. And there was a manager, a uh, guy named Kevin Young, who'd uh, been a big label guy, but had you know and worked with Bowie and all kinds of incredible island records and. Um, Virgin, a bunch of, he was a great, great guy. But as it turns out, he was a, um, he started over here in Northern Ohio. And he was what, he, he left the big industry to be what they call an independent radio pr- pr- uh, promoter. Okay. And so I didn't know what that meant. So I called up my buddy over here at uh, 102.7 WCPZ in Sandusky, Randy Hug, yes. who's been a sweetheart forever to us. And occasionally would give us some token plays and stuff when we were kids, like the Friends of the Bay record that sounded like, you know, or, you know, sounded like it came off of Sears little 45. Like he would, <laughs> he'd even get a few spins to try to encourage yeah. the local kids. But but he couldn't really, you know, go beyond that because he's got a, you know, a, a station to worry about. Well, anyway, I called him up and I said, Randy, do you know what an independent radio promoter is? He goes, of course. 
course, Bob, I'm a radio station promoter, I, you yeah. know, programmer. I know what that means. Yes, of right. course. Do you know what a guitar string is? Yes, Randy, he's a real smart ass. Right. So um, I said, well, there was this guy. Do you know anybody that does that, that can, uh, you know, take a record if they like the record and work it to radio station? He goes, well, as it so turns out, the guy I started this record, this station with, um, who was the first one to give Pat Daly a spin back um, with uh, Putin Bay, was the, his first big radio song. He said, I just happen to know that he just quit playing for working for the uh, major labels and he's an independent guy now wow and i said well you like him and he goes yeah he's one of my best buddies you know so can i have his number please and i did so i called him up i said hi kevin i i'm uh you know i'm writing songs and i have a record that i'd like to interest you on and he was polite but i could tell that he was like um oh putting bay guy huh and what's this <laughs> uh, what's this what's your what's the record gonna be called beer and, and right you know, whatever, puking <laughs> on the floor at the roundhouse or something. What, what do you got for me? And yeah. I said, well, it's a little bit different than that. And I sent him some of the, the work tapes and he called me back. He goes, yeah, I'll take it. And I said, why? What, what did I do that was right? He goes, well, most of the folks that make records up there um, are singing about smart, smart things for Island Records. They're singing about chicks and fishing and, right. you know, scantily clad women and beer and right, right. boobs and beer and beads or what was the whatever and there's nothing yeah. against any of my buddies who do any of that stuff right. as i mentioned before they're far more successful than i am sell more <laughs> tickets and more beers than i will ever do but he said that kind of thing is just not what radio programmers typically go for yeah. and i said well what kind of stuff do they go for and he goes this he goes you you got some home runs on here right i said well thank you yeah. and um so as the so he said that's the angle that we want to take with this record. He, he said that, you know, most tourist locations do funny stuff. Like Pete and Wayne, you know those guys? Oh, yeah. They're brilliant. And they, yeah. I mean, they, Wayne rest his soul. But yeah. they're, they're brilliant in, in when it comes to playing songs in a bar setting to sing a song like the Young, Dumb, Rich, Nymphomaniac. I mean, it's hilarious, you know? Right. Right. I mean, that's a Pat Daly song, but right. it's hilarious. And the songs that people immediately grasp. And like Pete told me one time, he goes, oh, i, I got to tell you a story about Barry Cuda, a, a guy from Key West. That, yeah. Do you know him? We play his music on the show. Oh, he's I love him. Yeah. He, he's been very kind to me. He let me play in his band some. Is that right? Yeah, and, and I was flattered by that because he's a pro, man. Okay. And... Uh, but anyway, he he's he, he had I bought back in the 80s. We were playing Sloppy Joe's down there forever, and he had a uh, he had. I said I'll take. I love the way you play. He was incredible. Yeah. I said I'll buy one or two of everything you got, and I and I went and and um, and this one the one tape one CD looked like it was made on Madison Avenue. It's beautiful, you know, it's graphics and all that. And then there was this other tape that was a cassette tape and it had something that looked like it was run off a Xerox thing in your office and it was a picture of a of a briefcase with some adult uh, marital aids, <laughs> if you could say. Okay. And, 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 the, and, the, and I said, what the heck is that? Yeah. I opened it up and he goes, you know, I've, I'm really ashamed that I've been lowered to the level of making an F tape, but uh, he said, and is, can I say that on the radio? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, and he said, but um, but I made this other studio thing with a full band and horns and producers and record labels and all, that, and I'm still working to pay it off. And this this dirty record outsells the fancy record wow. ten to one. Wow. And so I took that as a lesson, but. And which could lean me around to that do it all over again story we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so um, 
So uh, to get back to the question again, I'm sorry. So Kevin said that this is a great angle. Um, that this isn't written for a tourist um, sort of crowd. This right. is this is written about regular people and stuff. That I mean, those are regular people too. And I'm not denigrating that songwriting right, right. at all. Right. I'm just saying that it's a different sort of angle. He said you're talking about the island again, but you're not singing about you know those subject matters that they're you know. And I said, well, that's true. You know, I was saying there were songs that. You know that I've written that are about being on the island, but about you know maybe a girl that comes up here that you wish she'd stay, but it's a tourist area, so she's gone and the right. consternation. Right. And maybe you know Long Gone was about this island, but about you know when the tourists have all gone, there's a depressing feeling sometimes right. because it's sad and it's, it's like gray and 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 you know. So anyway, I was writing for the, about the same material-ish, but or the same area, subject matter, whatever, but with a but with a different angle. Um, so he said, that's great. And I said, well, great. Let's. And so he helped me through the thing. And then eventually this one song came through the pipe called uh, No One Knows. And he said, this is what we're going through. He goes, he, this is the one I'm going to push. But he said, we're going to give them all. We actually made a second um, album. We took all the uh, songs that were on there with the same album uh, uh, artwork done by Katie did. Awesome uh, lady. But only had three or four songs on it which were the most likely to be presentable to program directors as a matter of fact there was a no one knows was a six and a half minute song or something it was this long thing and yeah. and he cut it down to be a three and a half minute radio song okay. so he said this is i think what we're going to go with because it's got these rem jangly guitars it's got kind of this moody uh lyric thing and it's kind of spooky and i was like dude i'll write you spooky stuff all day long no problem yeah. so that's the one that he went with and that's the one that most of the program uh, one station out of Cleveland, uh, you know, it was being played in, in different areas, and uh, but this one station, 107.3, fell in love with it, and um, and so it it they started giving it um, light rotation, and then it started catching on, and before you know it, I got calls that it was was in medium rotation. Wow. And uh, well, magic started happening before I know it. It was the number, and. Um, and and we did a we brought the, a radio promotion. We brought all these people up on a tour train up here, and I did wow. the tour train. And I got drunk in the bushes over there one time, and I was <laughs> I was like the tour guy. Yeah. So um so anyway so I suppose that I approach the songs from the same thing that all my buddies are doing. I'm just not trying to make them funny, you know. I'm I'm not, and that's the yeah. that's the drag about sitting with me is I'm not just not a funny guy most of the time, or at least when I'm writing songs they're more serious and, and I call it more boring. I mean because you know this song that song I, I mentioned Magnolia Tree that Joe found this scenario. It's a song about me taking my dad driving my, and it's a true story. I I drove my dad when I found out I was making more money than he was. He was a professor at Cleveland State. I was and, right. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, uh, and one year I found, I saw a paycheck. Is I go, I'm making more money than that playing guitar. Wow. And I wouldn't let him live it down. So I thought, well, I'm going to take him to Texas. And anyway, I drove him to Texas. He was scared to fly. Drove him to Texas and found this old magnolia tree that was off the highway. And and he wants to have his ashes taken there. Okay. And um, well, that's just not a big party song you know what I mean so it's beautiful song and it's great and I get requests for it all the time but it's just not something that's going to make everybody go you know you're not going to bust out your beers to it you know but that is something that a lot of people can relate to I think so and uh, the, you know those are meaningful songs so there's always room for one or two of those in an album I think you know, <laughs> yes yeah yeah and there's there's fun songs too on the, the last one I 
um, made fun songs. But um, I, and I don't mean to be denigrating my songwriting style. I'm just saying I sort of approach it from a place that's not um, humorous. I don't start with humor, right. you know. And that's a great thing because I go and see, hear some of my buddies, some of my peers around, and I go sit in there, and some of these songs they stick in your head like an earwig, right. like you know what I mean. And I can't, I can't even get them out. And I've tried and and. You know, some of them are even parodies. They're not even their songs, you know, but change with, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And which is cool, um, you know, and so that's all cool, and they stick in your head so well, but uh, but it's just not kind of where I, the angle that I went from. So it's the same same material, and I just sort of go from from a different angle, you know? Well, you're a, you're a top-notch musician, and uh, I would just say you're kind of, not to put those kind, kind of songs down, I play them all the time on my show, but... Yeah. But People love them. It's it's like a maybe a level above that. I mean, it's it's high quality. Don't get me in trouble. I don't want don't to get you in trouble, trouble. But it's I'm high qual. It's high quality. It might be a notch above, yeah. maybe on a hooker's bedstool. But <laughs> did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, That's all right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's you know you know it's like which is more important to have um, to have laughter or to have you know, I even write a song about laughter. Right. I just I I. I if I ever finish this record again, there's just going to be a song on there called My Old Friend Laughter. And it's a song about, um, it's a song about, you know, sometimes when you're having <clears throat> trouble, that laughter can help you through it, you know. Yeah. And, um, excuse me, uh, so that's what that song is about. And I wrote it to try to lift my own spirits in a particularly difficult time and okay. so even a song about and it's so the, the song <clears throat> would you like to hear a little bit of it sure okay it, it's it's um it's in uh it's in four four and it's got the same chord progression as those 50 songs you know the ones that go right so it goes um we used to stay up every night and laugh until the morning light. No matter what we do, I could always count on you. When problems came our way, you made them all go away. No matter what we do, you'd always get me through. But now my jokes all turn out sad, and my stories turn out bad. The only thing that's new is I can't seem to find you, my old friend laughter. Where have you gone? Where have you been for so long? And why can't you take me along? My old friend laughter this afternoon, or I could meet you by the light of the moon any way you want to I hope you come back soon my old friend laughter wow and it goes on for a while that's a great idea for a song well thank you it really is well but, but you see I can't even write a song about laughing without but, making it sad no, but it, that's <laughs> you know I thought of something that when we were comparing the, the touristy songs to what you do yeah the touristy, touristy songs are what you listen to when you're on the way to the bay or maybe you're going right. out of the Keys. But maybe yours would be after you get home. On the home. way home. <laughs> no. When you're hung and over not, and, and hurting in bed. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Uh, when you're back home 
and you just want to play some really, you know, really good music, and yeah. maybe you're not thinking about going out. Well, thank you. Make yeah. sure to check that stuff out. Look it up. I'm on. Um, you can go to bobgatewood.com for one of the worst uh, antiquated. Uh, it was a great website back in '92, um, but uh, you know that those flash flames might have to go. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, or you can, you know, if you guys, uh, I sure appreciate uh, any sort of patronage. Uh, um, you know, you can find me on iTunes or you know Rhapsody or all sure. that stuff, uh, Spotify. Um, you know, if you just do a search for it, I'll come up with that little box and write American artist. Um, so this song you just uh, previewed for us, this, you are working on another record? Yes, 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 okay. yes. I'm, I got eight songs in the can so far. Um, Excellent. What sparked this record to go is, um, in t you know, I make a record about every 10 years, whether I need to or not. Um, in 2004, um, the village council uh, voted unanimously, as a matter of fact, to make uh, my song Friends of the Bay, you know that song? Friends of the Bay, yeah, yeah. of course we know oh, okay, 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 okay. We play it all the time. Okay, okay. Oh, well, I know that because I listen to the show and yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know, I thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, they voted to make that the official song of the island. Right, I heard And so, but I, you know, I call that Pat Daly because I, you know, can and yeah. <laughs> uh i don't, don't bother him too much those other guys probably hang out with him but i you know he he again is is you know he probably looks at my stuff and he's a respectful fella but he's you know he's a different kind of he comes from a different school as well right anyway i called him up and i go pat they're gonna do this um thing uh the council's gonna make this proclamation and i told him that i mean my songs are not you know a, a are not a, a hair a mosquito on the back of the shadow of pat daly you know and and so i i'll bow out of this if you want me to you know or whatever it's just not yeah. right it just yeah. didn't feel right because i mean pat daly's the king of putting bay and will always be you know yeah and um and brought so much up it had a lot to do with the regentrification of this island that why so many hotels are being built up here and i mean in my theory sure. like when this when when in 1978 or whenever he started playing up here I mean, none of this stuff was here. I mean, I guess the state park was here, but, um, you yeah. know, we, we just gone through a lot, and I think he has a lot of the credit to do inventing the term North Coast. I, was, I, I don't think he was around before he... I was just going to mention that. I have heard that he was the first one. Yeah, that's what I heard, to too. That. I don't think any... I mean, that's 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 Madison Street, Madison Avenue kind of marketing there, yeah. you know? Um, so... Anyway, I called him and I said, you know, do you do you mind this because this is blasphemy on the uh, on the benchmark that we go by? And he said, he was so um, I don't know, magnanimous. I don't know what the word is, but he was just like, you know, and this is your time, so roll with it. Okay. And I was like, okay, great. So when when that happened, I was like, well, if they're gonna make Friends of the Bay um, the official song, then um, how do you do there? <laughs> um, they found the horn on the golf cart. Amazing. Yes, um, it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, for a while until they burn that little contact off. Um, anyway, uh, so, you know, when, he, when, when that happened, I thought the only recording of Friends of the Bay was made back in 19... I don't even know when. 92 or something? 93 something? I default to 1992. That's my old time. And so... The recording was great. It was done by a guy named Sam Mira and uh, out uh, out in Cleveland um, on the Calabash album. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Calabash album, right, right. And uh, and it, but compared to today's techniques and certainly the recordings that I've been doing lately, it just didn't stand up to the same thing. So I right. called up Book and I said, Book, you know, Book is not one to um, repeat 
a riff. I mean, he's like Clapton, you know? As a matter of fact, if some of your um, viewers are out there, you might want to check out a thing called Tom Bukovac Homeschooling. He's a, he's a world-class um, uh, session guy, as we said before, and every day he's just kind of giving guitar lessons out. And it was pointed out, and he's done 30 or 40 of them. They all have like 20, 30,000 views because people all over the world wow. like to see, well, you know, how is music really made? Anyway, um, uh, so... Um, that's one of the things somebody pointed out was that he hadn't in 30 or 40 videos had never repeated a riff I don't know how you do that if you listen to me play more than five six minutes you'll be hearing the same stuff over and over again you know um but so um at any rate I lost myself again where are we going uh what were we talking about? I don't know we're having a good time though <laughs> so I was going to ask you the uh the finally home album you, you mentioned a song yeah yeah you had a story about it Oh, um, yeah, uh, well, the, the, the title track was uh, Finally Home was written on on the way home from Sloppy Joe's. Um, uh, I just got lost coming home. Uh, she'll, take a, she'll Take a Ride is, is about some fun out in the park. Great song. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, gotta Go is good one. Gotta Go, thanks. That's another yeah. song about, you know, the tourists. And they, they even have that worse in Key West, man, that the musicians down there. It's like, you know... N- like I heard from so many guys, no girls come to stay. You know, I mean, you should have seen the the A game I had to get on to get Andrea to move up here to the island. She was, you know, she's a gorgeous woman with a big kid job in Toledo. I moved to Toledo. I got a ghetto apartment, and it was A game all the way. I was cutting my hair and shaving, and you know, and then I got her back over here, and things got back to normal. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> but uh, I think the song you might be referring to is uh, a song called "Do It All Over Again." Yes. Um, there's a guy who played on that record. Um, here's another name for you guys to look up if you want to one of the best pop masters of all time i mean up there with like cheap trick but didn't uh his his name is will owsley like like stanley owsley bear owsley the guy who had the acid back in the 60s this guy was will owsley and um uh he recorded on this album and one of the songs that he had um on his grammy nominated record um kind of stuck with me and and the riff was going through my head and so I started playing it um, uh, endlessly one morning, and um, it was a repeating uh, figure that went from A to E to G to D, um, which, uh, you know, you could turn into a Who song if you wanted to, or, or I mean, it could go a million different ways. But um, so I started writing a song about, um, you know, a guy, hypothetically, who meets a girl and they go running out of a bar and running into the P- D. Rivera Park or okay. some other park, maybe, yeah. I don't know, yeah. um, and that, you know, fell uh, to the ground in passion. And uh, and uh, so I was trying to keep real true to that vision. And um, what came out of the mouth in the middle of the second verse was, um, you know, uh, this line... Um, that was uh, <laughs> right there in the grass with weeds in my ass. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> or poison ivy. I'm not exactly, I can't remember. But uh, so we went to go recording that song and and we did, and we got the we got the rhythm tracks down and we got all the stuff down and, and it's time to do the lead vocals. And um, and uh, I'm kind of like watching the guys in the in the studio, and they're really concentrating. You know, they, they some of them got headphones on, and they're looking down. They're just, they're listening for the magic, you know. Okay. And um, 
and I and I and I get through the first verse, you know, in the park. We started with confessions in the dark, you know. We almost got arrested in the car and so that, that kind of thing. And we get through it, and they're they're all like digging this. This is cool, yeah. man. This is this is great. And we get around to the second verse, and and I um and I said um and I come up to that line. I can't remember how the second verse is now that I'm talking, but we came to the line that right there in the grass with the weeds in my ass and. <laughs> Everybody's head behind the glass looked up like this. Like, what? <laughs> What's he doing? What's that all? What's he? Why, why did he do that? What's... Where did that come from? Right. So we stopped the tape, and uh, and and Tommy, he said, "Come on in here, and listen." He goes, "You know, Bobby, that really sounded good." And he's a hilarious guy in the studio, because um, studios can there can be tension in there, man. I mean, this is this is you know, people can get emotional, and this is the this is the people's soul. And uh, so Tommy's really good at lightening the situation up. Um, like one time, I remember, I, I forgot to sing, and they stopped the table rewinding. He goes, yeah, that, that was a little bit light, Bob. You know, and they like, just always got a million things to crack you up and loosen right. things up. Sure. So he comes in the studio, and he goes, so uh, it really sounded like you said, right there in the grass with the weeds in my ass? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 how it went. You know, that's how yeah. that's how it's going. He goes, well, you know, Bobby. You know that's 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 uh, that's not that's that's not good. Um, and and uh, he said, "What? How about right there in the grass as the hours went past, as I walked to mass, anything, Bob? But not, not you know, we that would have changed the song quite yeah, a bit. Almost quite definitely." Um, he said, "Do you feel strongly about that?" And I and I started thinking here, and I got This is where I got to blame all my peers, because I was thinking, I was thinking all my buddies, you know, Mad Dog and. Daily and fog, and especially fog, that poopy mouth little. And and okay. I was thinking, and I was thinking, you know, these guys are all selling a bunch of records. You know, I need some dirty stuff on my records. <laughs> and and I said, you know, I think we need this. And I swear to you, this is I'm not just blaming it on them for yeah. the hell of it. Yeah. Um, I told Tom, you know, these guys are all, they're all my peers that are successful up there are writing songs that are, you know, about this more tawdry subject matter. And I think that that would be fine. Well, he said, Bobby, whatever you want, it's your record, man, and we're gonna do it. But I could tell he was disappointed. And if I had, if I could roll the time clock back to that yeah. day, DK, I, absolutely, I would have had, um, you know, let's go fishing for bass, anything but that. Okay. Because I'll tell you what happened. Um, it was about uh, six. I didn't have anybody working that record, but I, uh, I was calling up some radio stations and seeing if I could get some play. Well, um, this station downtown Cleveland. Um, that will remain unnamed, okay. but let's just say it's a it's it is it has been for decades and is still currently a powerhouse okay. of FM uh, fortitude. Sure. They had the record had come to them and they had heard this song called Blades on the Water, which okay. was a song of ice skate lines got not a party song, you know. But great song though. Well, thank you. It is really. But so they had heard that and and they said, look, um, we we heard this record and we we we'd love to get behind it. Um, this is great. Um, and I said, well, just so you know it, because I was already regretting my move with the weeds in the ass. I said, um, I said, well, I got this, uh, I got, there's this other song on the record that's called, um, she always takes a ride with me. And I said, oh, that's, that sounds sweet. Good and, one. Yeah. and, um, I said, well, the first line is one of those entendre kind of things that goes, I knew that she'd come running back because I always make her come in my car and all we do is drive around. You know, that sounds innocent enough. But I said, well, the timing of, the thing of that uh, is a little bit funny where it kind of sounds, you know, like it could be an adult subject. I said, 
I kind of picked up on that when I did. Heard, yes. Did you? <laughs> well, they um, they said that's not a problem. That's no problem. I okay. said, well, okay. The other thing um, that's on the album is this one line that um, you know is called um, you know from a song called "Do It All Over Again," and it's got a line in there that says, "Right there in the grass uh, with the weeds in my ass." And right. they said, "You put that on the record?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, it's on the record." They said, well, do you have any other printings of the record where that's not on the record? No, it's the only thing I got. I said, well, essentially, polite, it was nice talking to you. Good. Call us when you don't have that kind of crap on the record. Is that right? Yeah. And so thanks, Ray and Mad Dog (laughs) and Daly and all you guys out there, you know, singing that dirty stuff. It doesn't, it didn't help me. So honestly, that's a true story. Those guys get mad at me. I'm just... It's, that's that's the true story. So they, that, so that was it. So that was the end of radio play for that album. So oh, then the man. next record, there were times that I that we were sitting around the studio that we, you know, guys just busting chops and stuff coming up. There were some dirty lines that we sang. Yeah. But I'm like, no, that's not going on the record. Where yeah. this is going to be G-rated and it's going to be cool. Now you listen to records, man. Every other word is this and that, you know. Oh, yeah. But hey, it wasn't that way when I was making records, man. Right. So. Anyway, so well, that's maybe, the story of that do it all over again. Well, maybe your audience doesn't need to have constant uh, obscenities. I'm just maybe saying. not. Well, I tell you, I have. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I've, I've made some fans mad through the years because there have been times that um, I've been asked to sing my material in uh, uh, family situations, sure. Like sure. churches, and all kinds of stuff for weddings or funerals and whatnot. And um, so when that song does come around, when when uh, somebody wants to hear it, and there's there's you know, polite company, or there's kids in the audience. I changed it around to right there in the grass as the hours went past. So, oh, okay. so you guys out there in Radioland, why don't you start requ- requesting that? Because I'm embarrassed and sick of singing that line with the weeds in the ass. It was <laughs> funny at the time, and it ain't funny no more. That's funny. So funny story. Yeah, thank you. You are funny, Bob. You said you're not funny. <laughs> you, everybody funny. Everybody now you funny, funny too. Funny too. <laughs> <laughs> Little George Thurgood. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is kind of a side question yeah but we play a song by ben dover and the screamers oh, yeah. obviously a fictitious name when i first started coming to, P- to puddin bay in the 80s yeah they were played around yeah, yeah. but i've never really gotten a true little history of how long they were there and so forth what do you, you remember the era yeah 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 um they started i guess just right about the same time that um the daily did you know i would say late days no later than 1980 okay and um, it was basically a group of islanders who wanted to put a band together because Terry Winchester, lovely matriarch of the Roundhouse for right. decades, um, needed a band and didn't have any and maybe didn't really even know where to get bands. I mean, she was totally new to the field, you know. But her, through the years, obviously, her, her love for people and her kindness yeah. towards workers. I mean, some workers would get, you know, in trouble on the mainland and come back to Mama Terry and get another chance at life and then they would go off and flourish and... I can't tell you how many times I know people specifically who 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 did that. Anyway, she was great. Um, she needed a band, and so they put they tried to get a band together. And I, the, the formings of it, you might have to ask one of those guys about, but it generally went like this: that they all tried to get a band together, and um, it was guys who didn't know how to play too much, you know, um, but they had the right spirit. Ben Parker, um, who they called Bend Over. 
um, front of the band, and he was just a normal-looking, tall, skinny, white kid from, looks like, from suburbia, Ohio, but he just acted really stupid and foolish, and, and, and it would disarm people. And, I mean, I've learned, I've taken pages from his book. You know, when you're up there and you're singing songs, a lot of times, you know, especially a guy my age, you know, we, we try to get girls dancing, guys dancing, stuff like that. So I'll make goofy faces just so people don't think that I'm trying to, you know, you know, hit on their girlfriend or to, you know, be too serious about the world. So, and Ben had that in spades. He was just a big clown. So they got <laughs> a side story here, a little side story. <laughs> so they got the band together, but the guys, but they had all, sort of auditioned all these people on the island, you know, in the winter here, how many guys you got that are that age? Not that many. Okay. So they got all the guys together that, that could play a little bit and they called them bend over and the screamers. But there was another group of guys who didn't make the cut and they said, well, screw you. We're starting your own band. And they called it leftover and the dreamers. Really? I've never heard of this. <laughs> yes, story. sir. This is this is real island stuff here. So <laughs> that's so I started. Um, I was in Cleveland. We started uh, Calabash Band in '84 or so, and I started really researching um, venues and places to play. And uh, and we were playing Key West at the time and in Cleveland. Um, well, those were our two big gigs. But I was like, where did where do the cool bands go? And and very quickly I learned about Putin Bay. Um, I heard it was a big tourist town and that the, the cool bands. I think Jimmy Stamper's band um, came up here and. I think it was his band that um, that I saw, and I was like, well, they're a big Cleveland band, so we're going to go get a gig at Putin Bay. And so, well, it was it was kind of a sad story in a way, because, but it's it's natural evolution, I suppose. Ben and those fellas um, were great guys, and I love them all dearly. As a matter of fact, I played in one of their reunions that I just last year or something. Really? Yeah. Because okay. okay. Ben now has early on, onset Alzheimer's. And so um, we did a benefit. The town uh, is great for that, taking care of their own. And they had a benefit. Well, then they had another benefit because he was good the next year still. Um, but it's getting now. He can't remember a lot of stuff. Well, anyway, we, uh, we did that gig, and I love those guys. But the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that these guys had a pool of, you know, total population up here of 300 or something um and guys their age that maybe wanted to play in a band or could of the right age and you know there's a small handful of people yeah. like that right but i came from cleveland ohio you know and i was trained in the flats man i mean where you better be good you know yeah. or the bad things start to happen <laughs> you know and it was a big town and i had you know we were doing well and so i had you know i could offer a pretty good gig to the musicians and so we we had a great bands you know i mean we had guys that could play multiple instruments and sing all kinds of stuff and we're used to being on the road and and you know they killed you know and yeah. i mean like we do today you know we're just older now <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh you know and so when we came up to the bay it was like it was like unfair competition or, or like tariffs or something i mean i i had guys behind me that were trained pros you know and and i mean size he was with michael stanley himself and there was guys through my band, like Tom Bukovac, you know, and, and Chad Zaliga, who was the Breaking Benjamin drummer. And, I mean, guys that, you know, I mean, top, top-notch, top real top-notch wow. pros. And not top-notch like I described the last time. Yeah. Um, and so it was just unfair. We came up here, and we wanted a gig, and, and we drew more people and stuff. But Ben was... And so we eventually started getting hired more, and Ben started getting hired less. And, and Ben went off to go play, to, to be a, a, a real estate appraiser, I think it was. And, and I, he goes, man, and I talked to him one time. I said, he's like, and I don't mean to be indiscreet here or anything. He's a great guy, and I love him dearly. But he said, man, i gotta go, I got to go make some money. I've got babies now. i got to can't be doing this stuff. And I said, Ben, 
you sold out freaking Peabody's Down Under, 600 seats at, at 10 bucks a piece. I'm wow. not great with math, but you wow. can buy some baby chow with that, you know, right. or whatever they call it. <laughs> um, probably not baby chow. Um, Purina baby chow. There we go. <laughs> In three flavors. Three flavors. Chicken, beef, and seafood. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, he um, he went that way. But um, and then we, we I kept being a full-time musician, so they sort of slowly faded away. But I'll tell you, they made a, an incredible Im- impression on a lot of people. Not only did people want to go off the mainland in the wintertime to relive their, um, their, their summertime, but I was sort of a, a record file back in the day, and, um, and there were... And, and, you know, soaking up as much as a 20-some-year-old kid could soak up. Yeah, I can relate to this. Music. You know what I mean. Yeah, Any, anytime you're in your 20s and 30s, you're trying to learn your trade as best you can. Yeah. Well, Bend Over was coming up on searches of, of punk rock things out of New York. Really? And the and the thing was, because, you know, they had their own songs. They had, there were two songs, really, only. There was one, They Towed My Car Away, right. which is like a Ramones-sounding punk sound and that was the main one and great they, song yeah yeah do you play that one? Oh, absolutely oh, yes. this is great yes. and they had another one called the straights of rock and roll okay i don't know that i'll one. have to get you a copy okay. so um at any rate so be, like do you remember how we were talking just a little while i'm sure you remember how your brain is not nearly as fried as mine we were, <laughs> we were speaking about how when a, a, a radio guy they like an angle to a story and, and that's why that last record mine did well because it wasn't the normal thing well you know, and there was an angle to this story, you know? Okay. Well, imagine these guys' angle. Here's guys that are on a, a, a distant island in the middle of Lake Erie somewhere writing their own music and coming up with a thing, you know, it sounds like punk rock, you know? Yeah. And it sounded like it was straight out of CBGBs, you know? Yeah. And so I was seeing things on on different search um, stuff. Now, they weren't search engines back. There wasn't internet back then. But but they're, they were coming up on printed material of of strange record stores and, and, and cool underground bands to okay. watch out for and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just tried to impress that on him because there, there was never a cooler story of these islanders that, you know, came out of the rock up here, really, and and made their own band. And with all these ancillary stories, like Leftover and the Dreamers and all these other stories I can't tell on the radio, but great. Th- and then they were, they were like homegrown rock and roll with and they had their own stuff and then they had this name bend over in the screamers for crying out loud <laughs> right. you just laugh when you hear right. you know and of course a lot i don't know i would think a lot of people might think that that's not the, the side of key west that we came from you know with the name like that but um and, <laughs> if you know what i mean past the 800 block miss shall we say but at any rate so you know they were a great band and i loved them to death and i remember um i remember coming to listen to him for the first time I wanted a gig and I came up and I came up here specifically to see them because I thought golly dang what kind of guys must run the roost up here you know I mean I, I and like every gig that I ever went to I always was I always would go to the gig and think oh who gets to play here these guys must be incredible and then thinking to myself when I got there nothing bad about the band at all I love them dearly but I, I was thinking oh shit I can do uh, uh, we'll uh, out. could you add that yeah, out? Yeah. I, I'm sorry uh, but but I thought I can do that yeah. I remember going to the elbow room and and I was sitting outside the, I went to the elbow room because I love old bars that have been there for a million years or Lauderdale we talked about this right right yeah. and and I was did we already did I tell you the story in the, in the last interview yeah we did that. well it was I was I was 
similar story to cut it short I, I I heard the performers there and I thought well I can do that okay. and so I've learned that that I'm not that bad after all these years I can do that so if I were still um, if I were still touring around I would I would have much more confidence in my young days now unfortunately I don't I don't go to a gig unless I can get there in a, a golf cart you know, which <laughs> severely limits the amount of work that you, you can do um, so, so that's uh, that's how that kind of came around you know Bend over in the screamers. Whenever I play that "Tow My Car" song, yeah, yeah, I get listeners say, "Whoa, what is this? Isn't that cool?" It's it stands up. I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, they were selling out Peabody's Down Under and Peabody's Up before we went to. Um, we we used to do these things called Put and Paloozas back in the day, twenty years ago or something. And I went to a couple of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were. I went to a couple myself. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> from what I remember. But I mean, I also remember. God, did we get drunk? There was a place. There was a place called the Odeon, a big concert club down there. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, we had. Um, I think this was the beginning of the end because we went and we played there, and we didn't set their all-time attendance record. We set their all-time booze record. <laughs> and you know, I remember Fog coming to me and telling me, "Man, we just broke the record on sales." And I'm like, "Really? More tickets than anybody?" He's yeah. like, "No, more booze." <laughs> and I, you know, we had. Oh, God, we were, you know how Mad Dog does shots and it kind of, you know, people raise up their glasses and he sells booze that way? Social. Social, right. Um, Or at least it's one of the ways he does, you know. But uh, we we wheeled out um, a a cocktail tray like the the Rat Pack had on. Okay. So we, and Phil, oh, God, Phil Talbot. (laughs) I think, oh, excuse me. These are certainly some inside jokes. But Phil, Phil, Phil was in a toga. Okay. And he was drunk. Fog is passed out in a. Uh, I don't want to. Anyway, I kind of remember this year. I might have been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there were some I things. These stories. Yeah. There is some crazy. Cra- I mean, when you put in a bunch of booze into some people that, and all the Putin Bay people that came out, you guys were no more well behaved than we were. Right. So Hoga, you know, a lot of guys will wear skivvies underneath the toga. You know. Okay. I don't even know why. Why is he in a toga in the first place? What is What is this? A Greek frat party? <laughs> I mean, we're a rock and roll band, but he comes yeah. out on stage and he's in a toga. Maybe yeah. because he would like chugged a bottle of vodka before he got. I don't know, but he was a genius. Um, and uh, well. He didn't have skivvies on, but he forgot that his something was going wrong with his rig. Maybe because he just you know, he's all over the place. Well, he bends around to do the thing, but let's just say that um, his under underworld was exposed pretty well, <laughs> and all six or eight hundred people out of the crowd went into a standing ovation. And he turns around and he goes, "Yeah, I'm the greatest." He had no idea what they were talking about. Um, oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, there's some, there's, I, if, if, if Phil were here and he would let me tell you, I could tell you some really good drinking days back in the days of the, of the old roundhouse, man. There the we go. The old roundhouse, yeah. I'm sure I've seen Calabash a few times and been over the streamers back in the day, but I probably didn't remember or know who you, <laughs> right. who you guys were because I wasn't doing the show. Right. And I was just like, ah, there's a band here. And you, you know, so I'm sure we, we saw yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, last question. I wanted to say you live here uh, all year. I know you go on vacation and you know during normal times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously you love the island to to live here. Was that a tough decision? And have you ever said, "Oh man, I wish I had a place in the mainland" or anything like that? Um, it is a great place to live here, and I never wished I had a, that. I I never regretted turning back. Okay. That would be the shortest answer. You want me to fluff that out a little bit? Um, I was. Uh, I had been running this band for a long 10 years or so, and the bands were great. 
but I had a run-in with one band that um, were that uh, did bad things, and at the end of the at the end of their stay, I had lost my Fagans gig, which was a huge gig in Cleveland, and I'd lost my Sloppy Joe's gig, and um, and they tried to come up here and wreck my Roundhouse gig, but um, uh, you know, uh, but it didn't work. And so I was talking to Pat Daly one day, and I said, Pat, you know, I've been doing everything you've ever told me to do since I was a kid, but now I'm a mess. Make another record, and I want you to build it, move up here and build a house. Wow. And uh, well, and it was just right about then I heard the story from Terry Winchester that they'd come up and try to wreck this gig too. But Terry said, no, no, Bob isn't. They were telling him that I was quitting the business at 35. Really? And, yeah, and I'm retiring or getting out or wow. gave up or whatever. And she said, that's a lie. I know. And Bob was good to you guys. You turn or you put your drink down, you get out of this bar, and you never come back. And when I heard that story, I thought, this is the kind of place I want to live. So I went and tried to buy a house, and I couldn't afford anything. Um, but as it turned out, um, on that first record, I made a song, kind of a jingle, called Skyway's My Way. Okay. Um, there was a bar back in the day at the airport. I remember it. Yeah, Skyway. Right. And, and the old saying in the old days was, where are you going after the roundhouse? Because right. everybody in downtown would close at 1 o'clock right. to let the Skyway have business because the Skyway would stay open all winter and as a restaurant, the only one, and feed all the islanders. And so they would out of courtesy professional courtesy or honor among the thieves if you will would close at, at midnight to let everybody go out there and you know and there was a saying where are you going skids and they say yeah, skyways my way so okay. one day me and talbot again drinking at the stage of the roundhouse we're sitting up there and hey phil where are you going he said i'm going to skyway how about you and i started getting to this like again with the sinatra thing i'm not even a big sinatra guy. but i started in this cocktail lounge kind of the skyway <laughs> It's my way, shooby dooby doo, you know. And we were laughing so hard we couldn't compose ourselves. So, and it was right when I was making that first record, and we go out to the Skyway, and, and, and I saw these two drunks lean, leaning up against, we'd only sung the song one time, and I saw these two drunks leaning up against each other, walking out the Skyway, we go, Skyway, it's my way. And I, and I go, Phil, I think we have something there. And so we... There, we made the first record, and then there was a, there was some silence at the end of the first record for two minutes. It was ghost track. I thought we didn't, know, but I thought it was cool. And then we made a recording of the Skyway thing. Well, as it turns out, that helped the Skyway's business a lot. And they would play it at the end of the night, and and people got to know it and would remind them, you know, his song. And would, and so that's um, on the finally home album. No. <laughs> Which album is it? That's on the Calabash album. It's it's after two minutes of silence at the oh, end. Oh, well, I got I gotta find this. I don't I don't think I know about it. Well, okay. so is, well that's how I got my my house as a matter of fact because okay. i because i because i i went i go into the skyway one day and and the owner don who's just coming back to the island now he was sick for a while god bless him um was sitting there and he goes bobby why the long face and i said well pat daly told me to move up here and make a record and build another house and and i don't know how i'm gonna do it i don't i don't know what to do and i can't afford anything he goes well do you remember that song you wrote for me and I go, so Skyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, that helped us out a lot back in those days because there were other bars opening up, yeah. and you really helped us out with that, and you never charged us or anything. So I tell you what, I got a half acre. I'll chip off my portfolio. Wow. And he gave it to me at half price. Nice. So, and right after I bought the land and got a building permit, there was a dirt moratorium. To make the long story short, you couldn't build on land prices doubled so i paid off the loan in no time and house builders are all lovey-dovey now and so i got a nice house and it worked out great well and then a tommy bukovac guy 
goes to Nashville and we and we make another record like like Daly told me to do. Yeah. So now I see Daly about a summer or winter later. He's in Tippers and I go up to him and I goes, man. Daily, you know, you're the best. He said, what are you talking about, kid? And I said, well, you, you told me to build it. I couldn't figure out how to do it, but I kept it up, kept it up. And due to some good deeds I'd done, I, I got housing, and it's going to be the financial savior of my life. I mean, it's a, a, it's a house on Putin Bay, and, and I'll have it paid off and soon, and it's just like it's going to allow me so many freedoms in my life. And I made another record with Tommy, finally home, this great record, and it's, it's gotten all these great reviews and stuff. I almost had some airplay had I not put in this one line of this one song too but uh, but it, it things went really well and so i just wanted to thank you for that he goes he goes i told you to do that i must have been drunk that's the craziest idea i ever heard and i was like i based my life around a drunk pat daily story what the hell so but it's paid off yeah so so that that's exactly that's exactly what happened i mean once we built that home it allowed me freedom to not have to work 300 times a year um, and then the equity in that eventually was able to help me buy some of these other businesses, which then allowed me to get that second property downtown. And so, yeah, this whole I, I all I owe all this stuff not to my peers who may who who I was inspired by to sing a dirty line on the song, but by a drunken Pat Daly who told me to move up here and build a house. I love it. Yeah, so I that's it. how it all got started. So I've I've never looked back. I love Cleveland. I love going back there. I used to go back there every year to do a benefit for. Um, it, uh, brothers for the Cleveland mission, but I haven't been back in many years. I've just been kind of staying up here. So if you want to hear some Bob Gatewood music live, you just got to come up here to the island to hear it. Fair enough. We, we will do that for yeah. sure. Have you ever thought, uh, real quick, uh, of recutting that song? Which? The one that with the, uh, ants oh, the, the weeds and the ants. <laughs> Well, and just change it, and then you know. Well, it, we wouldn't actually have to re recut it. There's a thing, um, you know how things are multi-tracked, right? Like, sure. so and for the people out there in in uh, land, la land, uh, when you make a record, there's not just one microphone on the band. There's many microphones on each instrument. Right. And and now actually, it's not even a live recording. Mint it recorded all at once. You can record if the bass drum is wrong. You can go back in there and re-record the bass drum, or say the harmony singer came in late. So. What what you do is is you can go back in there um, years after these tapes are made and you can just correct a line uh, and actually you do that for you know international artists do that you can have a I could go back in there and make the whole record Spanish by only redoing the vocal track I don't have to redo the music and the right. all that right, right. Um, so I guess the answer the 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 sidestepping answer is that it would be really easy to do, but um, in the end, um, I guess that you know that record now is 20 years old, and after and the fact at this point. after the fact yeah. at this point, and, and, and hey, and it gives me a good story to tell my buddies DK. You know? There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, I know you're getting. We've been going through this crazy time, but you are getting back. I missed you by a week. I wanted to see you. Play oh. But next yeah. weekend you're playing the boathouse and things are starting up. Yes, that's true. I I I thought that I was going to have a whole summer off and I could just. Be, be sitting up in high cotton and really? drinking a mojito or something. Okay. But uh, that's not the case. The boathouse just called, and they're um, uh, we had a full line of gigs booked, um, uh, but um, uh, the roundhouse we had to cancel a handful of dates because they're just not. They're still f figuring it out and how to do things safely, and they're taking this thing seriously as all the good families up here are doing. Um, but uh, Kevin Daly, Pat Daly's son, sure. who yeah. runs uh, the boathouse now. 
Um, we had some dates booked there, and we weren't sure if we were going to do it, but he just told me yesterday, hey, Bob, um, you know, game on. Uh, car's gone. You know, everybody back in the streets lived rock and roll. And said, well, uh, let me call my guys, see if I still got a band. I don't know. I haven't seen them <laughs> since, yeah. since before I went to wherever. And um, so I called the guys up, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. So... Um, and also the week after that is the Beer Barrel. So this weekend, the 19th and 20th, uh, Bob Gatewood and Calabash Band will be at the Boathouse uh, Friday and Saturday night from 9 to midnight. I don't believe there's a cover charge, and we'll be playing plenty of these songs that we've just been discussing here. Yeah. Um, but the, the Boathouse is a, a real 80s kind of joint, I call it. Like, they really love the... They need, you know, they they love the 80s there. And when okay. you play 80s, the pa- patrons are happy. They 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 just need to find the band Bon Journey and put it in there and book it <laughs> permanently. Um, but we do play some of our own stuff, just not as, as as much. And then the weekend after that, we'll be at the Big Room Barrel. I think it's the 27th. I guess it would be. Um, and uh, that'll be from two to two to five thirty or so. So anybody that might be coming up to Puddin' Bay this summer because it's such a you never know what's going to happen kind of situation. They should probably go on your social media rather than the website. Absolutely. Because it could change at the last minute. It could change at the last minute. But one thing that um, a dear uh, uh, public relations friend of mine, Susie Peters, um, has taught me is how to um, make updates and... Uh, like those two gigs coming up, I actually made an event on Putin Bay. This was way beyond my pay grade, just scant years ago. But now I know how to do it. Yeah. And there's an event, yeah. So she's helped me a lot with that. So if if there's if if anything you know, or if there's a second wave or whatever they're doing and gigs are canceled, check Bob Gatewood songs and shows on Facebook. And yeah. hey, like it, click that like button, smash that like button, baby. There and, you go. Uh, we can be friends. There we go. Yeah. And you've been doing some streaming shows. We've been checking those out. Those are fun as well. Yeah, yeah. During, that, during this time yeah. well i needed I, yeah i was uh, there's uh yeah i uh, it was the smart thing to do i guess to say hi for, for one so people don't forget me and and also there's a an electrician up on the island scott Pugh, who i i was noticing that musicians were doing like this tip jar thing you know yeah. and um Except uh, my rich buddies, they would just they donate it or something because they're rich. Um, but I thought, well, I'm rich too. So what I did, was, <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. Um, but what I did was uh, Scott Pugh, um, who's an electrician up here. Um, anything that you, anything we hung a sign up of. He's um, Scott Pugh for at Yahoo.com, and if he has a PayPal account there set up, he, he he's he's wired everybody's house and up here, mine included, and he had just. Um, just finally got his kids out of college, and he's and he's he's burdened with um, three or four way cancer, which he's uh, it's metastasized and it's yeah. bad yeah. news. And right after, I mean, right when he's going to start enjoying life for himself, you know, right. instead of his kids, you know. And um, so I thought, well, what better way to, to I mean, you know, to help him out because yeah. he's not doing electrical work. So um, S Scott um, P U G H four at yahoo.com if you'd like to donate to him, and that's what we've making been making all those shows for. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we have been doing those. I don't know if we're gonna do any more. I mean, now it's almost game on time. I'd be diluting my my attendance at the shows if right. I start doing them now. I guess. But uh, they might be available. Just go go on Facebook and like the Bob Gatewood songs and shows, and you will be on almost. You'll be updated on almost anything else. Um, or go uh, go to AB Lodging. Anybody who books a room at AB Lodging is entitled to one free Bob Gatewood CD. There you said it right here on the. Really? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. It's a new rule. I just made it up. There we go. I'll, I'll just cut your streaming shows. And when that was happening, we were all staying at home. Well, I still work, but a lot of people were staying home all the time. Right. And it was just great to see. 
Puddin Bay. And this one day, you drove around in a golf cart oh, yeah. and went all around the island. <laughs> and for someone, you know, we were just like wondering what's going on up there. Yeah. I was like glued watching that. That oh, was that's that great. Was, that was really cool. I actually had a, a actually I, I want to do that one again. That's I yeah. actually have desire to do that again because um, Andrea was driving me and holding the phone while I was trying to play guitar and it was, it was pretty right. wacky for her. Yeah. But she's a great sport. And um, you know as you're driving around, a lot of people don't know what it's like up here. Right. Uh, I remember back in the Fagan's days, back in the Cleveland Flats, I would see people. There's a huge club and we had a lot of fans and people would say, hey, you know, um, where are you playing tomorrow? And I say, oh, we're, we're up at Putin Bay, you know. Oh, Putin Bay, huh? Yeah, it's just that way. You take I-90 until it turns into Route 2, right. you know, and then take it another 20 minutes and you'll be there. It's cool. And uh, and they say, okay, we'll see you there. Never saw one of them. Yeah. And I'd see him back frosts when I guess I say, Where were you? You think, Well, you know, it's a long way. I don't know. You gotta get on a boat? What's a ferry? I don't like ferries, <laughs> you know. And know, so, you know, just, it uh, would be hard to get people out there. And, yeah. and so I know that a lot of the Cleveland folks um, don't maybe not have been up here. So that's fun when you when you take it on, you show them. Right. You know, I mean we it's a great place to visit. And I'll tell you, if you got kids, it's a great place to bring them up during the week is what we're shooting for up here. There's a lot of things for them to do from putt putt to uh, you know, swim into all kinds of great restaurants. Right. Um, and then during the week, things get a little bit loosened up and we're kind of crazy adults up here. Um, and that's usually when I'm playing. Yes. Uh, but I, I do have songs, much more likely to hear songs come out of me that are appropriate for your children than some of my buddies, I can tell you that. That's right. <laughs> you are my sunshine. You know. I, I tell people, yeah, if you want to go the family route, there's plenty to keep you plenty, busy. Plenty. If you want to go the party adult route, there's plenty. There's plenty to plenty do that, that too. too. We can take you either way you want to go. You have, uh, I've mentioned this also, you have a couple of really professionally done videos for some of your songs. Oh, Nick James, There's yeah. Nick James Productions. Yeah. Uh, Friends of the Bay jumps out of my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you shot this thing at sunrise uh, somewhere. It was freezing. Yeah. You ever hear those stories about the models that are out on the ocean looking all sexy, but they yeah. say, oh, it's so cold. Yeah. That was me that, that day. I'm standing there, and I'll tell you, my jaws were rattling when we were doing that video because it was early in the season. But, yeah, check out on YouTube. Just look up Bob Gatewood. Um, there'll be a ton of songs on there that you can check out. We made a bunch of videos. Nick is such a talented guy, yeah. and he's, he's real... Um, a real Second City TV kind of guy, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you can tell that this is not um, that the, I mean, the camera work is all good, but the the, the tongue in cheek stuff is like, it, you can tell this is not super serious stuff. Like on the, this one video that um, he made for me uh, for a song of mine called "Working for the Man." Right. I ain't working for the man. We made it partly in this uh, thing here. Sean Chaney came with this helicopter or something, but the 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 pre-story before the you know there's they got a little story going on before the music starts well this story was a young bob gatewood going to work at dairy queen and you know and he's going in all tired he didn't want to go in and and, you know and and the the boss is like you know real mean to him gatewood there's a there's a poop in the bathroom you got to go clean up and and this young bob gatewood looks at looks around and he's thinking oh man i don't know and he looks at the burgers dripping off these things they just look disgusting man they're dripping with grease looks like little poops coming out of the machine it's terrible and he just thinks you know and he turns his his time card in backwards and he puts his card in as soon as it goes click into the thing boom on comes the music he's like does these uh 
you know, I call it Second City. I don't yeah. know. I, I think of, you think of the difference between <clears throat> the production thing of like a, a Saturday Night Live, and then you watch um, Second City TV. You can tell that <clears throat> this is done with maybe they didn't have a million dollars worth of lights to go on and all these special effects and stuff. But sometimes that Second City is even better than Saturday Night Live. You know. There you go. And I and I love his production. So look up Bob Gatewood or look up NickJames.com. I'm sure I'm uh, I'm all over his uh, websites. I thought of one last question. Years ago when you were in the studio with me, you told me. My whole life is is music and Puddin' Bay or something to that effect. And you said you don't even watch a whole lot of TV. Is that still true with you? I try. My phone goes off at 6.30 every night because I want to watch the news because really that's the only thing. I, I kind of watch, even if it's slanted or biased or nothing, I just like to sit down after I've been working all day and watch some talking head talk a blah 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 yeah. and but the problem is that i'm never there like my uh, it's been going off on my phone is one of those iphone alerts yeah. um and it goes off every day at 6 30 and inevitably i'm never there sometimes like once in the winter time sometimes once in a great while i'll be home making dinner with andrea or something like that bling my my thing goes like, honey i could go watch the news and i'm all excited i get to go watch it watch peter jennings well he's probably not on anymore but probably uh, not walter cronkite <laughs> is he still no no, no. no? Dan Rather, no. No, no. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Anyway. Anyway, I'm sure I'll get to watch it again someday. But um, I, you, you know I'm going to watch, uh, uh, as soon as you get on TV. You still watch a little bit now and then. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, if I miss the news now, my wife has this thing um, hooked onto the TV where you can go to this thing called Hulu Live. Yeah. Um, and you can actually show up like at 9 p.m. and watch the 6.30 national news. Okay. And so sure. I try to do that, but... A lot of times I forget to do that too. Um, what else do I like to watch on TV? Um, uh, is MTV still playing music? No. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's some places you can find music. Is Hollywood Square still on? Hollywood <laughs> Square. Peter Marshall. Yes. Peter Marshall. He's yes. still on there. No, I don't think so. Dang it. Um, I'm sure I know some of this stuff. All I right. just don't know. Maybe I'll get myself. A, you know what I'm going to start doing? TikTok. That's the latest. There you go. That's the latest thing. And I, one more question. Yeah. Uh, biggest musical influence? I, Beatles? What did you say? Or somebody? Else? Oh yeah, I'm or, tripped in. I, my songs are just all regurgitated Beatles songs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I love the Beatles and. Um, Certainly, they taught so much to right. pop music. Um, but, I mean, since I was a kid, I, I got into other stuff. I was never a real prog rock guy, you know, Genesis and, um, you know, Steely Dan, all this highbrow sort of music. But, I mean, I would listen to it and learn it and play it yeah. out of the bars to make a buck. Um, you know, and I was never a huge Motown guy, but, I mean, James Jamerson, you know, on bass. I mean, yeah. some of the incredible... I, I guess I like more... Um, more of the talent that goes into the songs than almost the songs themselves, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, not too much TV, uh, not too much radio. I kind of listen to NPR a lot, you know, and it's talk radio. And so uh, I guess I stopped taking input on the m music uh, some time ago. So the musical influences are limited now because I found out maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, if I shove any more songs in this year, songs start coming out the other ear. So if I learn a new song by whoever it is on the radio these days, and well, there goes 96 Tears by Question Mark and Mysterious. Don't know uh, it anymore. Gotta keep them in there. Yeah, I gotta, yeah, yeah. And, and so unless the head gets bigger, which my wife would say is probably impossible, um, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I, I, the musical influences stopped at, at Beatles and, and British rock probably, you know? That's what I kind of was trying to say earlier. You write great songs. I mean, just that laughter song you... you Gave us a little preview. Did I sing a song, man? Yes, you did. That oh, was okay. well ago. Right. But uh, I can just tell right now, uh, just hearing, I said that's a brilliant idea for a song. Well, thank you. So, and that's that's been your history, and, and whenever there is a Bob uh, Gatewood 
uh, album out. It's an event, and we look forward to it. Well, so that's great, DK. Can't wait for the next one. Yes, sir. I hope I, I hope to finish that off before I'm on Social Security is my goal at this point. Well, you said every 10 years, so that would be 2024. <laughs> yeah. We might expect Oh, it. I got some time you to got go. four years. Left. I got four years. <laughs> oh, I could do that, heck. Perfect. Yeah. All right, Bob, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Island Time. And, uh... Big fins up to you, and if you're ever in town and want to stop by again, you're I always I appreciate welcome. that. Thanks for coming out, and, and, and we're, in, we're in the South Bass Island State Park right now, and it's, it's beautiful. It's a little windy, yeah. but it's a beautiful day. Come on up to Putin Bay, and anytime I'm in Cleveland, you know I'll be on your show, man. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. All righty, buddy. Thank you so much. God, my owner. I just I have so much. I thing. Out of all of you are a class act. Seriously, things Me? today, these guys up here would ever do that. Uh, Can you see? Oh, they right? might. But. No, you know, no, I don't think so. Well, I, I, there's a big. I'm glad we're off the radio now because the truth of the matter is. Well, the truth of the matter is that there, we all had this big happy family going for a long time with those putting paloozas and stuff. Right. And then um, Mad Dog uh, played a couple of gigs in Michigan somewhere, and as it turned out, Ray had uh, inadvertently or whatever been invited to the same club it was there was no um, as far as I know there's no um, badness on Ray's part it's just sometimes people get on these put and bay kicks and they're like oh let's invite them all up you're paying whatever they want let's get. so they went to the mad dog show but there was signs up for